Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Um, they look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. And this is the Dynasty Vipers Viper Cast, episode 163, presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. Joining me, as always, two individuals that still get carded when they go out, Tara Roberts and Major Caldwell. How y'all doing tonight? Oh, you, Tara. This dude's feeling young. Feeling young. Feeling young is the greatest <laughs> answer. I'm with, I'm with her. Feeling young. You know what? That must be nice because my arthritis is flaring up right now. You guys are all bragging <laughs> about feeling young, getting carded. I'm here like uh, if the wind picks up, I lose hair. That's that's where we're at in life right now. <laughs> I sneeze, my back goes out. And you all are getting carded at the local convenience store, gas station, or wherever you're all going to. So, I mean, <laughs> if you look at us right now, it's hard to believe that Major's actually older than I am. <laughs> he just looks that much better than I do. We had the same problem when Calvin Shoemaker was on the show, too. I mean, I don't know what you all are doing down south there and out on the West Coast, but, I mean, maybe this 40 below weather kind of ages a guy a little bit differently. I'm saying that like Canadian air out cold. there, man. Mm-hmm. It's that Canadian <laughs> air, dude. You got to get out of there, dude. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so hillbilly Rocky, Canadian Rocky Mountain guys. I mean, we age a little bit quicker than most people. With that being said, what never ages is this show. This is a timeless show led by two of the best analysts in the game. Like I mentioned, Tara Roberts, Major Caldwell. We are hitting the playoffs. We're about to get a little freaky deaky here in wild card weekend. And when we look at these wild card matchups, we'll go a little bit more in depth in these. There's nothing to get too excited about. I mean, I look at this wild card weekend and you know what? We're great. We get Saturday football. We get Sunday football. We get Monday football. But none of these matchups, am I, I'm not that excited about any of these. They, they don't get me all – I'm looking already to the divisional round next week is where I'm starting to get excited about. But you know what? We're contractually obligated to talk about football. We're here to talk about fantasy football. So we have to talk about the divisional round. That being said, we've talked about some bad games all season. We've talked Thursday night football Thursday most night of the year. <laughs> so we really should be – we're pretty much like experts when it comes to talking about bad football. But before we talk about these matchups and oh. our picks for these games, and we're going to make our predictions all the way to the Super Bowl, and then we're going to have a little bit of a, a little bit of an analyst draft here that we're going to kind of keep track of. I mean, I think last time we did one of these, Tara ended up beating both of us, or I think Calvin mm-hmm. lost. Don't that. That. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I'm pretty confident I lost. I, I'm not sure if that that's factual or not, but I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably what happened there. Now, injury news, just to get some ideas. Major, I'm going to go bounce this one off you. Tua Tagovailoa is not going to play this weekend. What are your thoughts on that, your initial response? We're going to get Kyler uh, – Thompson or Skyler Thompson here, he's going to be starting the game for the Miami Dolphins, which makes his Bills Dolphins game a little bit more blah, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. I mean, I'm happy for Tua that his team or the like his personal team or the football team organization, they both came to the right conclusion and like he's not ready yet. Um, but it sucks for all those Dolphins players and fans because I think they had the team to kind of go pretty far in this playoff thing, but 
without Tua and, you know, without uh, Teddy uh, Bridgewater, it's going to be very hard for that to happen. We've all seen those miracles before. So Skyler may come through and be the guy. So I don't want to discount that, but mm, it's going to be kind of slim there. So I'm just happy for him and his health because most football players we're taught, like, especially for the playoffs, go. It doesn't matter what's going on. You just end the game, suck it up, walk it off, all those good cliches. That's what we're taught. So I'm glad that people are acting like adults now and taking care of them, of their health. I'm glad you mentioned adults there. So Tara, are we considering Lamar Jackson an adult at this point of the season? Or do you think maybe there's a little bit of a childish game that he's kind of playing with the Ravens right now, especially after Roquan Smith secured that bag after being with the Ravens for what? Six weeks, seven weeks. Mm-mm. Lamar Jackson still has not been extended. All that fun stuff that kind of comes with that. Lamar Jackson, DNP again here pretty much all week. We could probably count him being out, which also takes a little bit of that uh, luster, lust, a little bit of that shine off the Ravens versus Bengals this week. Yeah, I, I and I hate to speculate on a player and their willingness to play. I'm, I'm going to assume that he is still legitimately hurt and that it's not a – issue of not wanting to go out there um, because there's still a, there when, when Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, they're still a highly competitive team. So if he were on the field, it is within the realm of possibility that they could win this game, but without him, it is just not within the realm of possibility, unfortunately. So, uh, so yeah, I, I will say, yes, he, he's an adult. He is legitimately hurt. And um, perhaps he's, if anything, thinking about the long-term um, aspects of his career and maybe not getting out there before he is fully ready to play. All right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because I know the playoffs, the playoffs for me is all about not turning the ball over, running the ball, and stopping the run. Major, you know this is a, a, a former College of the Canyons alumni at the running back position. Home of Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who's the second biggest player beside Major Caldwell to come out of that program. That said, we know that this Ravens team, they can run the ball as well as anybody with Lamar Jackson, even with Tyler Huntley, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Kenyon Drake. I mean, really, that's what they've got is a run game. So they they have as good a shot as anybody in the way they play defense to win this whole thing. But like Tara said, Lamar Jackson pretty much has to be involved in this game for the Ravens, in my opinion, to really have a legitimate chance to win this game, let alone cover the spread right now, which happens to be six and a half points with against arguably the hottest team in the league, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But Major, what hey, I want to talk about you, Before now, you move on real quick, can I just add for, to that real quick? I want Lamar Jackson to sit out because they are disrespecting him. Like, you can't just the, – the quarterback has always been the franchise player on every team forever. Quarterbacks get paid first. We all know the rule. Whatever quarterback is up next in free agency, that's the highest paid quarterback. This dude is a former MVP. He took them like deep in the playoffs a few times or what, one time, two times. I don't remember. But he's a baller. He sells numerous amounts of jerseys and everything. They're making so much money off of him. And you disrespect him by paying a player, like you said, that's been there for like a month. Like that's to me is so disrespectful. So sit out as long as you want and actually hit free agency next year and see how the Ravens deal with that. Speaking of disrespectful. How are we all feeling about the Raiders representing the NFLPA All-Pro team here? If we look at the offensive positions only, we've got Patrick Mahomes selected as an All-Pro according to his peers. 
Josh Jacobs, all pro running back. That's the top running back according to his peers. Kyle Juszczyk, he's always going to get that kind of play there at the fullback position. Travis Kelsey at the tight end position, no argument. Justin Jefferson, no argument there as well. Devontae Adams, we got two Raiders selected to the all-pro team. Despite what many people consider uh, whatever you want to call the Raiders this season, but you got two all-pro players. And you know what? I have a hard time really arguing. I mean, maybe you could slide Tyreek Hill's name in there, but he kind of tapered off towards the back end. Maybe you could put Austin Eckler in there, but I mean, we're talking about the players are voting on this. So I want to ask you, uh, Tara, who do you think has more say in the all pro team? Who should have more say the players or the media? Mm. The players, the players. I mean, the media gets to give their input. Are we, t- are we technically the media? The media gets to give their input right, like, all the time lightly. on everything. Um, it's nice to see, you know, situations where the players can voice their opinions on who on who they feel are the best. Because it's it's fun when you get those players and out like asking Justin Jefferson, "Hey, who are the you know top three receivers in the league?" And it's funny because or top five or something. It's funny because they always say something that you wouldn't expect for at least one player. So it's cool to get those different opinions of the guys who are actually on the field playing against these guys, witnessing the actual talent on the field. So they give a different perspective. And Matt, let me let me throw the question to you, but add a little caveat to that. Same question, but players or the fans? Oh, it's definitely the play. If you're looking for someone who has a better perspective above the game, it's going to be the players. They're lining up against these guys each and every week. The only problem with that is you're not necessarily lining up against maybe the best player because you don't play everyone in the league. Right. So, I mean, you hear you've played in the years past, this and that. So I kind of get where there's something, but you're not going to make everyone happy. I, I remember people talk about this. This is just a popularity contest. Yeah, a popularity contest between the players of respect. If you have the fans voting on the Pro Bowl, what do you think that turns into? Tua Tagovailoa won the vote for players or for, <laughs> from the fans. Are you right. telling me he's the top quarterback? No. And then you have the media. You don't think the media – I mean, the media is going to give you their opinion one way or the other. I mean – all three of us, we're more than willing to give our opinion, right or wrong. We're going to give it to you just like the media does. But you can't tell me that the media doesn't turn this into a popularity contest. So no matter what, you're going to have someone complaining about this player not being selected, this player not being selected. I mean, I can make an argument when I looked at the defensive ends that were selected, Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa. I'm not going to argue Nick Bosa because Nick Bosa is like a man beast himself. But I could argue that Max Crosby should be there above Miles Garrett. Others could argue that maybe Micah Parsons is getting hurt a little bit here because they don't know whether to consider him a defensive end slash edge or an outside linebacker when the players are voting on this. So, I mean, you're going to have controversy no matter what. But we're going to go to somewhere here that's non-controversial. We're going to go back here to Tara a little bit here because she is the heart. She has her finger on the pulse of Houston. And I want to talk about some good news here. I'm not talking about Lovey Smith, him being kind of dismissed and how the Texans have gone through two. I mean, sorry, I got to talk about this real quick. The Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> literally had three coaches like in like the last 50 years or whatever it is that we got. And then we've got the Houston Texans who are going to be on their third coach in as many years, but we're not going to talk about that until a little bit later. Let's talk about <laughs> good news coming out of Houston. Let's talk about John Michi on the path to recovery. I mean, if you don't know the story, the Alabama product, he basically tore up that knee and this and that. 
And he was starting to come back from that. I mean, he was battling back from that injury. And then he was diagnosed with leukemia. Basically, redshirted his entire rookie season here in the NFL. It looks like he is on that path to be ready for off-season workouts. So, Tara, are you hearing anything in Houston about this young receiver? No, I mean, nothing more than you were saying. I mean, it's just fantastic news, honestly. Um, the recovery is fantastic, but I mean, just the way that he's recovering, it sounds like, you know, he could be on the path to football. So that's amazing because he's one of those guys who, um, you know, he's an Alabama product. So he um, was someone who really looked like an incredibly reliable receiver throughout his college career, and he can make an impact in the NFL. So this is good to hear that he's on his way. It is. I mean, he's he's got all the makings to be a solid number two option in a team. Yeah. And right now, if Brandon Cooks leaves Houston, you've got Nico Collins. I mean, mm-hmm. the door is open to be the number one receiver there. And we're talking about guy. Usually, when someone's battling an ACL injury, coming back from that, you're like, okay, we got to give him nine months. Well, he's coming back 100, percent 100 percent ready to go from that ACL. We'll see where everything else is as far as the the treatments are concerned with leukemia. This has been a positive thing. Just like Major, DeMar Hamlin, back in Buffalo. Love it. Like, oh, dang, you just gave me chills saying that right now. I've lost all my train of thought. But I, <laughs> that makes me so happy because that almost made me stop, like, watching football. Because it, I don't know. It's hard. I'm, like, I'm not, never played in the NFL or anything like that. Not as good as those guys. But just to play the game and to see that happen is like, yo, it's. It's tough. I can't even really express or put into words like how I felt. Like I was done with football. Like I did not. I texted you the other day. I was like, I don't want to talk numbers. I don't want to. If I'm gonna do the show, I'm just gonna come on here. We're just gonna talk. I don't want to do any you know, that extra stuff. But you guys made it fun, and, and, and you know, kind of brought me back a little bit. And hearing this news brought me back all the way. So I'm just happy for him, his family, um, you know, the fans and the team and all that stuff. To me, that comes second. I think him as a man, family kids i don't know his situation but if he's a father i know a brother whatever uncle whatever he is i'm happy for that family that that man is okay and he's alive i don't even care if he plays another lick of football i'm just happy he's alive and shout out to the buffalo bills and the nflpa for getting a deal done in which hamlin is going to be guaranteed those three years on that contract didn't know that the nfl yeah the nfl does not have guaranteed contracts this is why the NBA has pushed for this for years right now. That's why they've got those guaranteed contracts. The NFL doesn't have that. And the Bills and the NFLPA came to an agreement on guaranteeing all that kind of numbers there with him being on the IR because you're not guaranteed nothing on the IR. And so hats off to the Buffalo Bills, the NFLPA, for doing what was right. Now, Tara, what is right for Mr. Rogers? Is he retiring? Is he going to end up in Vegas next year? Or is he going to be back He's in not- Green Bay? What? What is going on in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Oh, that's so corny. I don't think he'll be back in Green Bay. Um, I think it's a realistic possibility that he retires. Um, it's realistic that he goes the Brett Favre route and tries to go to another team. Um, and it's realistic that it'll have very similar results. Um, yeah, we're, we're in for a hopefully not a super dramatic offseason. Hopefully we'll know something within the next couple of months for sure in terms of what direction he's actually heading and it won't really linger but I would not expect him in a Packers uniform next year. Um, I don't know. That that one's a really tough one for me because, you know, a lot of talk around Aaron Rodgers and 
people are making good points. Um, you can look at him and say, you know, that this season was in fact on him. You can say there was lack of talent and receivers, this loss of Dante that, um, but then you can go over to a team like the New York Giants and you can say Daniel Jones was making it work with Darius Slayton, Richie James, and Isaiah Hodgins. So, I mean, right? yeah, ultimately it's on the quarterback. Um, this just wasn't the year. He didn't look like the same Aaron Rodgers. You know, he is older, unfortunately. So this could be the tapering off. Mm. All right. You heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded to the New York Jets <laughs> next season and then end up with the Detroit Lions the year after and knock the backers out. Okay, it's maybe not, not that like... far, but but hey, when, when things change, we know this coaching carousel, it's all going here. The Jets, they basically parted ways with Mike LaFleur. It's kind of a mutual thing. I mean, we, we see the Jets' offensive problems there. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury finds himself in New York or – New England or somewhere that's looking for a offensive coordinator. But the biggest news right now all over the map is Sean Payton. He's got permission to speak with Houston, Arizona, Denver. The problem with all these teams is they're going to have to give the Saints something, probably a first-round draft pick for Sean Payton. I mean, that's basically what we see. We've seen John Gruden traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the Raiders back in the year that the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. So we've seen this done before where a coach gets traded for multiple picks. Now, we know there's also some good head coaching candidates. We know there's some vacancies. We mentioned Houston, Arizona, Denver. The L.A. Rams job could come open. We don't know what's going on with Sean McVay. We know the Indianapolis Colts job is open. We know Carolina could be open. And then you've got guys like Steve Wilkes there in Carolina who was in there in the interim. Dan Quinn, D'Amico Ryans. I hope Ryans gets himself a job somewhere. Jim Harbaugh, uh, Jonathan I think Graham there from Philadelphia, the coordinator there. Are any of these openings here, the head coach position, are they any – which one's the most intriguing to you? Which do you think is the best fit for a, court, uh, a head coach moving into? Tara. <laughs> uh, so Sean Payton to – literally any team um <laughs> like I, all I, of them. they were all intriguing and it's like oh, okay this is cool this is cool i mean it's sean payton we know what he can do when i heard sean payton in arizona and the thought of kyler murray with arizona my attention was definitely peaked we know specifically what he can do with certain quarterback types um Drew Brees was a shorty <laughs> I feel like he can yeah <laughs> I feel like he can take Kyler Murray to that next I mean Kyler Murray's got to get to another level he's got to get beyond what he's been able to achieve right now right. and I feel like Sean Payton can take him there so I mean you give me Sean Payton in Arizona I don't know if it's gonna happen because they're already talking about you know trading um DeAndre Hopkins and the timeline for Kyler Murray being more of a November-ish time frame. So I don't know if that's really the Sean Payton fit, but if it were to happen and we were to get Sean Payton and Kyler Murray, like the like, dynasty interest is severely peaking on that situation. <laughs> yeah. I just want to oh. add that uh, McVay's going nowhere. Like the, like, no, we could take that one off the table and I don't care. I don't care what team, I don't actually I don't care how far the Cowboys go in the playoffs. They will have to win a championship for Peyton not to take that job. That's that's his job. That's what this whole thing is all about. That's the only reason he's considering coming back. We know that, right? I hope we all know that. Well, look, or Mike McCarthy. When 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 what? Let's talk. Sorry, they're Packers fans speaking. I felt some, I felt some <laughs> resentment there, like uh, a little bit. 
Yeah. No one knows the score of a female football fan when it comes to their head <laughs> coaches being moved on out and this and that. But like, let's go back to that McVay thing because I think there could be something to it all because when you think about it, he's already given his coordinators permission to seek jobs elsewhere. And I believe the offensive coordinator took a head coach job down in college. I, I, I'd have to go back and double check that. We yeah. also know that in Arizona, they they're going to let Kyler Murray be involved in this head coaching search here. And I don't think Kratos for uh, Kratos there from uh, God of War, the video game, is applying for any head coaching jobs. So <laughs> I don't know who Kyler Murray is going to actually suggest when it's all said and done. But I'm sure it's going to be someone who wants to go like uh, team up on Call of Duty or something instead of reading the playbook. Now. The Houston Texans job is kind of interesting for me when it comes to Sean Payton because, A, they're in a good position for the cap, but, two, they've got two first-round picks in each of these next couple seasons, and they're probably going to be high draft picks. And he's probably going to, if he wants, if he wants to get a quarterback this year, Bryce Young could be available, and C.J. Strode will be available. If he doesn't like either one of these quarterbacks, they're probably going to have a high draft pick next year when this quarterback class is even better. So he's going to be able to select whichever young quarterback that he wants. So Houston could be intriguing in that way. Plus, there's no pressure on him to be the Houston Texans coach because, let's be honest, no one's paying attention much in going on in Houston. I'm pretty confident that's why they fire a coach every year just to get into the media somehow. <laughs> but hey, but and the part you left out is he's a Texan. He lives in Texas. That's a perfect opportunity for him to stay around his kids and all that good stuff. So I, I don't see. I I give that one to you. I give that one. But if it's not the Cowboys, I don't I don't see it happening. I, mean, I watched Houston the Kevin James Netflix movie, and that was actually a really good movie. I was surprised how good that movie was. So maybe that's the route we're going down. You know, maybe he's just tired of coaching high school football and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe he doesn't even coach next year because, honestly, I don't know if I'm giving up a first-round pick if I'm Houston to bring him in as my head coach. I don't know if I'm going to do that. If you have two, why not? No, we'll see. I mean, it depends right. on where you feel like you, the rest of your brass is. But hey, you know what? That's enough talking about the news and notes. We're about 20 minutes into the show here already, and we haven't even talked about Wild Card Weekend, mostly because I'm trying to put it off because, like I said <laughs> at the top of the show, I'm not too excited. But what I am excited about is helping you win fantasy championships, whether it's in the playoffs or whether it's in the regular season. And the best way to do that is to head to fantasypoints.com. And if you get that subscription right now, before the Super Bowl starts, you're going to get yourself 30% off that subscription today. That's the rest of this season and all of next season at 30% off. The best bang for your buck website out there. And we're talking about it on the best podcast out there right now. So you get a little bit of everything. Now, Major, Tara, when we look at this Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Los Angeles Chargers, right now Vegas has this as a pick em. So, Tara, I'm going to go to you here first. We're going to talk about this. We're going to make our selections here, and we're going to talk about this game a little bit. So when you look at this game, Tara, from a DFS or whatever kind of standpoint you want to look at it, or just from pure football, what are you expecting out of this game? What what are you looking forward to? I would be expecting a ton of offense out of this game since neither one of these teams is you know particularly strong on defense. Now the Chargers have kind of come along. They figured things out. Um, a little bit in terms of their past defense um, towards the end of the season, but they're still vulnerable against the run. So I, I feel like we should see a lot of movement, um, good offense from both sides. The Jags defense, again, a little bit shaky depending on the situation. So I'm, 
I feel like we're going to see a good game here. I'm excited for this one personally, because I think the Jags, I've got the Jags um, pulling this one out, um, taking the Jags on this one. I think we're going to get, I'm, you know, representing my Clemson brethren down there. And I think we're going to get Trevor Lawrence, his uh, first playoff victory, which is um, pretty impressive. Continuing his, um, his legendary comeback from the urban Meyer year. So uh, I'm excited <laughs> for this game. I think this is going to be a good one. So, you know, put, you know, perk up for this one. I think these, this, especially these, you know, these Sunday games. Okay. I'll give you that one. We've got some third string quarterbacks that are going to be playing potentially. Um, and it makes it a little bit obvious which direction that's going to head. But I feel like these Saturday games here, um, these could go either way. <laughs> and it's, these, these are interesting to me. So perk up for Saturday, Matt, this is going to be good. All right, so you got your tear taking the the Jags in this one, Major. What do you got going on here? How are you looking at this game? I'm gotta go with tear on this. I she lost me with the Clemson crap she was talking about, but uh, you know, <laughs> I'm all I'm, I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan, man. I like I like the Jaguars. I like that whole team. I like the energy they have down there. You know, being an LA guy, you know, you like the Chargers, but. I just think this is like the uh, the coming of age or the come out party for uh, for Trevor Lawrence. I think you're going to see him like kind of position himself to be that, you know, MVP race next year and stuff like that. So I see nothing but good things for him. Um, the dude has a monster arm. It seems like it's all coming together. All he needed was a coach like Tara mentioned before. Um, Travis Etienne looks like he's for real. He can take you know, uh, any play, he can score on any play. And then you have those receivers out there that's doing an excellent job. Um, I don't know. The Chargers, to me, I feel like there is missing something. I can't really put my finger on it. It's just missing something. I don't know what it really is, but I don't get excited for that team like I do for the uh, for the Jaguars. It seemed like they got a little more energy down there. I feel well, like, it's like we don't have the same Justin Herbert that we had last year. Like, it's a different Maybe Justin that's Herbert. it. Maybe that's it. Is it because of coaching or what is that? What is it? Coaching is injuries, offensive line. I mean, he, he, I still don't think he's a hundred percent right from that rib injury Two, He's still missing his all pro left tackle. There was Sean Slater. I mean, that's going to be, that's probably the biggest thing of all. Now, before I get into how I'm looking at this game, major, when we look at some of these props already that I kind of want to talk about here, Trevor Lawrence over 250 yards passing higher or lower. I'm I'm going over on that. He's he's going to have one of those games. He's going to ball out. Really? You think so? I mean, I, I don't know if I see that here because if there's one thing that the Chargers do, it's kind of defend the pass. I mean, you could take advantage of them a little bit in the run game. I guess what it's coming down to is how bad or how significant that injury was to Joey Bosa last week. They get him back for one week. They stick him into the game in a meaningless game against the Broncos, and he ends up getting himself hurt. On the other side, we've got Justin Herbert at 282 and a half. Justin, uh, wait, 282? That's, yeah, I'm going to go. That's ambitious. Yeah, I'm going to go. He might be just around there. But like Tara mentioned earlier, I think this, out of all the games, I think this might be the most exciting because you have two, not subpar, but you got two defenses that known to give up some yardage and stuff like that. Uh, like she said, the Chargers are a little bit better, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going to go under on that one just because all the stuff we mentioned, the O-line and all that good stuff. 
So I'm looking at underdog here. I got it pulled up on the pick here. I'm looking at some of these unders and those hires, the lowers and stuff like that. So there's a few bets out there that you're kind of looking at, like Keenan Allen, 76 and a half receiving yards. I actually kind of like the over on that for Keenan Allen because yeah. I'm not sure if Mike Williams, because he injured his back in that meaningless game again, just like Joey Bosa. He left the game early with that, that back strange. injury. So it's going to be the Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer probably. I don't know what Mike Williams' status looks like heading into this contest. But for me, this is the Pert Plus Bull. I mean, we talk about college getting cool bull names, and I feel that I am a bit of an expert when it comes to talking about hair. I mean, we've got two of the prettiest quarterbacks in the National Football League, but I'm going to take Justin Herbert and the Chargers here because Justin Herbert just seems to have a little bit more volume in that flow. And Trevor Lawrence, his hair just looks like it's whipped straight, so that doesn't really do nothing for me. I'm pretty confident there are probably even split ends in there. I mean, it doesn't look good. It looks kind of scraggly. I'm not about that life. I like the flow. So I'm going to go more. with the Chargers on this. Do one more. Do one more. <laughs> I know you got it. Do one more. I'm, I'm just sitting there watching Tara's reaction. If you're listening to us on podcast form right now, you need to flip over to YouTube right now as I am <laughs> doing my best hair expert breakdown of the quarterback position in this game. I had no idea. I had no idea where you were going with the perp plus, but you you put a bone. <laughs> I like that one. That was a good one. Good job. Hey, we got to wrap it up here nicely, right? So, uh, hey, I like the Chargers in this game. I like what they can do. I, I don't think there's defense really going to factor in much on the other side. The difference is I don't know if I trust Travis Etienne in the run game, and we definitely know that he's not getting the volume that he deserves in the pass game. I think Etienne is a difference maker in the pass game, but we haven't seen the Jaguars use him in what I feel is his best attribute. So for me, if the Jags don't learn how to use them that way, I mean, they've got Zay Jones, they've got Christian Kirk, they've got options, Evan Ingram. You say Zay's, you say Zay first? I said Zay Jones, you know what? Hey, I'm a Christian Kirk man. This is this, I'm this is a Christian Kirk <laughs> show, right? That we got a few of our guys here. Christian hey, Kirk Zay's is one of our, our guy guys. too, though. Zay's our guy too. We were all and in on Zay. Get up without, yeah, the way he gets up, like we've watched him like moon reverse moonwalk off the ground right so that automatically gets you a uh, high praise on this show but for me i'm taking the chargers here i like pretty much a lot mate this is probably why i'm bad at gambling i really want to see all these guys go over because i think we're gonna have ourselves that offensive game like i'm with you guys on all this i think this is going to be the highest scoring game in the first round of the playoffs simply because i don't, I don't really trust either one of these defenses especially if joey bosa's not in there wrecking the game now, we know Khalil Mack, he can still get the job done. But if you got both Bosa and Mack coming at you, Trevor Lawrence, that, that's a tough ask for a young quarterback. Even though he's had some good games, it's a tough ask when you got both these guys coming down on you. So, with that being said, moving on to the next game. So got a- Go ahead, Tara. Uh-oh, stats. She got a stat. He did have three passing touchdowns in their matchup earlier this season. There you go. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, they, had, they played already once, so... It shouldn't really surprise us a whole heck of a lot here when we look at everything that's going on. But I just playoffs are a different game. You have to be yeah, able. They to have. Run the they've ball. improved their pass defense, but I think they will be. Um, I don't because Travis aside. So when you look at Travis's stats, um, they've been obscured by Tennessee. 
Um, and we accept that you can't run on Tennessee. You just don't do it. It's not possible. You don't want to go that direction. So he only had 17 yards in that last. Now, granted, he didn't really play a full compliment, but he only had 17 yards in that last matchup. But prior to that, he had 108, 83, 103 yards. So he's been the, the volume, the consistency, the performance. It's been good. It's just when it's in those bad matchups, um, he hasn't been able to really break through. And this is a good matchup for him. So I feel like it's going to be, I think, I think Travis will be fine. And you mentioned that first matchup that was way back in week number three. And you've got to, I would hope totally I different would hope, teams now. Yeah. They're both different teams, but you know, you got, you got to still hold it there. I mean, this is when the Jaguars were not really surging. We know that the chargers were struggling at the beginning with injuries and Keenan Allen was in and out. He was out for this contest. That was a 38 to 10 Jaguars victory. And that's where the Jags were minus six and a half point dogs in that contest. So um, you've got to believe that the Chargers probably remember that game. So Ooh, I feel like James he, Robinson ran for a hundred yards on that. <laughs> ETN's going to eat. In the playoffs, you got to run the ball in the playoffs. ETN's going to eat. Man. Yeah, you know, I said that's what I said. I don't trust ETN to be that guy, though. That's that's where I'm having this problem because we haven't seen get I mean, that on like two plays, though, Matt. Like, he has yeah, we can, to... do we want to make a bet? Uh-oh. He will exceed 100, he will exceed 100 rushing yards. I Uh-oh. believe that, Matt. You know, there's there's always we always joke about all season. There's certain teams that you run the ball on Houston, Cleveland, and the Chargers, those are get right games for the running backs. Yeah, you don't if, want to take this bet. <laughs> I, don't, I, I need to know what's going on with Joey Bosa. If Joey Bosa's in there, I think this is a different Chargers defense altogether. I, I really do. I feel that this is one of those games where if Bosa's playing, it's going to flip that game script on how the how the Jaguars play this contest. So if Bosa's playing, I say ETN doesn't come close to 100 yards. Mm. If Bosa's out, then I think ETN has a shot. Adam. But Bosa, is he considered like a run stopper? I thought he was like a sack guy. No, he's not. He's a sack guy. But it, you, you go in there, you sack Trevor Lawrence. You go Now it turns into second and 14. You're not running the ball on second and 14. Now you're into a passing script, right? Mm, okay. Now you we'll got see. The, see, that's what I'm talking football now, buddy. You're talking football, yeah, baby. No one wants to hear me talk football. <laughs> they want to talk fantasy. So we're going to move on to the next game, the next game there in the AFC. Dolphins versus the Bills. Bills 10 and a half point favorites right now. I mean, you look at this contest, there's really not a whole heck of a lot. They split the season series. Miami won in Miami, but Buffalo controlled that game. Then they went to Buffalo. And you know what? The Dolphins, they put up a fight there. It was a close game there in Buffalo. It was a good game. But we're not, we don't get to a tug of a low. We don't even get Teddy Bridgewater this contest. Bridgewater's been probably going to be the backup quarterback. We're getting Skylar Thompson against the Buffalo Bills defense. That is the darling of the National Football League, the darling of the United States of America there, thanks to DeMar Hamlin and his miraculous recovery. I mean, if you're not a Buffalo Bills fan, I, I don't know. I don't know if we can be friends. I really don't. I mean, if you right. – unless you are a Miami Dolphins fan, right? I mean, if you're a Miami Dolphins, that's going to be your team. If you are a Packers fan, you automatically become a Bills fan this week. If you're a 49ers fan – the Buffalo Bills are going to be your second favorite team. That's just how it's going to go because of this story here in Buffalo. And more help is on the way. We've seen Micah Hyde there return to practice for the Bills too. So they're starting to get the pieces back. And I don't think they need all these pieces to beat the uh, Miami Dolphins this week. And I don't even think that they need all these pieces to cover the spread. That's where we're at. Ten and a half point favorites right now for the Buffalo Bills. 
Now, the good thing is when you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you can throw a negative three-yard pass that could turn into 98. Right. We, we've seen that happen. But the Bills know this. And you know what? We know the Bills are banged up on the back end. We've mentioned DeMar Hamlin there. Uh, if you remember the Cincinnati Bengals game, they lost Teron Johnson there. There's some guys that are banged up. I don't expect Micah Hyde to be there for this contest. So if Thompson can find a way to get the ball into his playmaker's hands, then maybe, maybe the Dolphins have a fighting chance. That said, the last time that they played in Buffalo, the biggest part of this Dolphins offense was Raheem Mostert there. And I don't think he's playing this week. I think this is going to be a Jeffrey Wilson type thing here. So the I think he had like 126 yards rushing or 136 yards rushing. I mean, you can run the ball on the Bills. You've been able to run the ball on the Bills. I don't think Jeffrey Wilson's that guy. Tara, Bills, mm-hmm. Dolphins, how are you looking at this? I don't think this is going to be a very competitive game, unfortunately. So this is a tough one to kind of even gauge, really, because, you know, you look at the props and they seem, you know, reasonably low for some of the Bills players. But at the end of the day, you kind of look at this and say, is this really going to be competitive to the point where it's even highly competitive in the fourth quarter? I don't know. So this is a tough one. I I don't really have any interest in um, looking at or utilizing this game. (laughs) <laughs> utilize if you're if you were if you were playing in the vipers charity league save up your bills don't don't uh, don't use them in this game right or do what well, i'm competing do use them up i'm trying to win what am i talking about evil so evil. <laughs> i like that it's a nice little low-key drop there because yes you could compete against tara roberts major caldwell and myself there in the vipers charity playoff league right now head to at dynasty vipers there on the old Twitter machine there. It is the pin tweet there. Go to that Google Doc, sign up there. All the donations are going through League Safe, so it's all safe and secure. I mean, get in there, compete. Winner gets a champ chain, courtesy of Trophy Smack. And we're also giving away two premium subscriptions to fantasypoints.com. So you want to get in on that today. Major, how are you looking at this Dolphins Bills? So here's a little inside scoop on how I choose a lot of my player props and bets and stuff like that. NFL is a entertainment company, and I think the best story usually wins. Um, And you can't beat this Bill's story, especially with, with Hamlin and all that stuff going on. Like, this feels like they are primed to win the championship. Like, if any team is going to do it, I, my money is on them just because the story is so fantastic. But you got to think on the other side, too. You got Thompson. The NFL loved the, you know, the uh, what's the guy from the Notre Dame? Like uh, Rudy. The Rudy. Rudy story. They love the Rudy stories. So I can see Thompson becoming that guy. Um, but you can't upset the Bills right now. I don't even think the Dolphins want to do that. So if anything, I'm going to pick points. I'll say I'll pick Dolphins if we're going points. I'll, I'll say they, they keep it close. Ooh. But, yeah, the Bills are going to win that game. Yeah, that's a, that's a sweep right across the board for the Bills winning this contest. Uh, the last game in the AFC, the Ravens versus the Bengals. The Bengals currently are six-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Again, we just see these teams match up. <coughs> the Ravens, they took round one way back earlier in the season. The Bengals, they are playing better football than probably anybody right now. Even that Bills... Bengals game. The Bengals got off to a 7-3 lead there and were marching the ball again before the game was 
uh, eventually canceled there. So we know that this Bengals team, they're playing as good a football as anybody right now. And six and a half points does not seem like enough right now, especially with no Lamar Jackson, potentially no Tyler Huntley. I mean, I don't see – I'm sorry, Ravens fans. I, unless this team absolutely comes at it with the defense, I mean, I don't see how the Ravens can even cover this game. Like, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at all the numbers, the stats, the facts, the weather. I mean, I'm trying to find some way, somehow – not to fade the Ravens as hard as I am, but it's hard. I mean, it really is. I mean, maybe the Bengals offensive line is yeah. the weak link in this, t- this whole thing mm-hmm. here. Um, we know that Alex Kappa, he had that ankle injury there in week number 18. We know that little Collins there, he's out for the season with that ACL. So they are a little banged up on that offensive line, but I don't think that's the strength of this Ravens team. The strength of this Ravens team is that back end, Marlon Humphrey, Chuck Clark, uh, Marcus Peters, uh, Kyle Hamilton, it's not at the front end of this whole thing here. Roquan Smith on the on the back end there, the back seven. I mean, I just don't see how the Ravens cover this. So I'm taking the Bengals and the points. Major, what are you thinking? Um, you took every word right out of my mouth. I'm taking the Bengals points and and for the win. I, I'm just anti-Ravens right now, and I love that organization, but I just don't like what they're doing with Lamar. To me, it's silly. You pay your quarterback every time. If you don't want to, you get a Kirk Cousins. He gets paid. They don't. They didn't want to pay him, but they paid him. That's what you do. Ravens are not doing that with Lamar for some reason. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going Bengals all day with that one. Tara, the only prop right now up on underdog for the Ravens is 61 and a half rushing yards for J.K. Dobbins. No Mark Andrews prop. No nothing else. That's the only prop to bet on in the for the Ravens. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can bet on Joe Burrow. On like four different things. Joe Mixon, <laughs> Samaji P. Ryan, you can bet on his 17 and a half rushing yards. Jamar right. Chase, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, the whole Trenton, Trenton Irwin, five and Oops. a half receiving yards. You can bet on that. The only Raven you can bet on is J.K. Dobbins, 61 and a half yards rushing. How are you looking at this game? Give us something to look forward to. <laughs> it will. So I, I, I get, I get why the spread is six and a half. I do. Um, Cincinnati's defense is for real, but the offense has been kind of sketchy. It's up and down and there it's highly productive from a fantasy perspective at times, but you look and you get like a, you know, you get one point from T Higgins here and there, you get weird kind of production out of Joe Mixon. Um, Joe Burrow is not, you know, he's, it's kind of up and down. So they're going to win the game. I don't think this is an upset situation, but I can see realistically where the Ravens might be able to cover or might be able mm-hmm. to um, get the spread. So it, it, I, I get it. I see why it's, why it's six and a half. Um, but I also see why you cannot bet on anything other than J.K. Dobbins because this is a very sketchy situation to say the least. Very dependent on whether or not Huntley plays. Right. There's like an early 90s country song. It goes like, you say it best when you say nothing at all. And I think that Psy said everything you could have possibly needed to say <laughs> about this contest. So let's talk about a game that could be a little bit more competitive. How about the Dallas Cowboys, who have never beaten Tom Brady there, and have struggled this season on a grass field as a three-point favorite 
against the home Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tara, should Tom Brady be an underdog in the playoffs? Yes, based off how they <laughs> performed, absolutely. I'm so like, yes. <laughs> quickly. She didn't even think about it. <laughs> I get it. Tom Brady, playoff. Like, I get it. This is not the same. This is not the same team that we have seen win the Super Bowl before. This is very, very different. Um, I will say I am, in fact, picking the Cowboys. I know. I get it. I know, unreal, you know, unrealistic, but Stephen A. Smith said something. If you can go and look at Stephen A. Smith and what he said about this game, it is wildly accurate. Even if you don't like Stephen A. Smith, um, go listen to it because I 100% agree. Mike McCarthy is fighting for his life. If he does not win this game after the performance that they had last week, and if they cannot beat this extremely questionable Bucks team, with all of the talent that they have, you're getting fired. You gotta win this game. There's no way. Hey, like heads, heads will roll. He's on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% agree. So yeah, I, I this is, and even Dak knows this. They have to. This is you guys, Dak, Zeke, everybody. Y'all cannot go out here and lose this game to the Bucks. You cannot do it. This is not the way your season can end after the way that you performed last week. And then you go in there and lose to a team that is only in the playoffs because they were literally in the most pathetic division. <laughs> they were not getting in. If they were in the NFC East, were they getting in? No. So like, it's the result of you playing against terrible, terrible competition. So like, realistically, they have to win this game. Major, do they? Tara sold that one. I think um, <laughs> I'm with her on this. This is the best chance that they're going to have to get out of the first round. And a player that someone like no one's talking about, a player that no one is talking about all over the map is Father Time. Father Time is kicking butt right now, taking down Aaron Rodgers, taking down Tom Brady. Father Time is not playing around, taking down Matt Stafford. Hey, Father Time is like winning right now. So I think if you are a Tom Brady fan, a Bucks fan, you want him to be the underdog because he's going to give you that Tom Brady underdog performance he's given you his whole career. But Dallas has way too much on the line. They have this is the only chance they're going to have to actually get out the first round in like the last like 25 years or something. But Man, I don't know if you caught it. You hear Tara Texas come out? She said, y'all. <laughs> she said, this is the only chance y'all have. You know what? I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I ain't doing it. It ain't mm. happening, y'all. It ain't going down like that. If Father <laughs> Time is catching up to Tom Brady, it might want to run a little bit faster. We're talking about a quarterback who just threw for 4,694 yards, the third most in the National Football League. Somehow, no matter how poor this offense is, how – Horrible we want to make it out to be. He still threw 25 touchdowns to only nine interceptions. And he played all 17 games when he threw those nine interceptions. Now, someone who threw 15 interceptions and only played about 12 games is on the other sideline there in Dak Prescott. If you want to win in the playoffs, you cannot turn the ball over. Dak Prescott, in 12 games, 
led the National Football League in interceptions. Everybody was talking about a broken down, busted down, abandoned car and Derek Carr when he threw 14 interceptions. But all of a sudden, Dak is back to throwing 15 picks. It ain't going to go down like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like this game. It's on the. It's in Tampa Bay. It's Tom Brady. Dak's got to protect the ball. If right. he cannot protect the ball, which he hasn't done all season long, I don't see how Dallas wins this game. Because if there's one quarterback in the history of the National Football League that will make you pay for turning the ball over, it is Tom Brady. And I hate this. I hate cheering on Tom Brady. I hate betting on Tom Brady. It just makes me feel dirty. But, hey, maybe maybe this will make Tara happy. She'll see Mike McCarthy get fired when it's all said and done. And then maybe your Sean Payton to Dallas prediction becomes true. But for Man, me... Matt. You sold it. I don't know. I might want to switch. You did a good job. But if the game is close, real quick, if the game is close, Tom Brady's going to win that game. So Dallas are going to to have to come out and run the ball and kind of control this thing. And, man, you made a good point. Go ahead, Tara. It's it's coming down to the trenches. They have to get pressure on Brady. That's what it comes down to. Micah Parsons and company and ha- can't be on the edges because Tom Brady will step up. It has to be interior pressure. Dallas Parsons, has to get interior pressure. I don't care how far you step up. Parsons will meet you wherever you're going. That dude is everywhere. So I think that might be their like glimmer of hope there. Terry, yeah. you wanted to comment one last, last word to you here on this matchup. Yeah, I, I will say the, the interceptions, I won't argue with you on that one, but the oh, touchdowns, it's like Brady threw like, a hunt what is it like over two i can't do math a hundred and no, no no is that 230 230 more oh he had no 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 i should have like okay i can't do math he had i, can, I can't do this math dak had just under 400 attempts Tom Brady had over 700 attempts, and they literally had a two touchdown <laughs> discrepancy. Tom Brady was chucking the ball. Okay, how, <laughs> like, if how you many can more count on always come through with the stats? I like. I'm not. I'm no, no, no. I'm not arguing the interceptions. I'm not arguing that. That's a problem. But I will say, man, the 25 touchdowns is not impressive when you are chucking the ball at a rate astronomical rate you had more attempts than literally anybody else in the nfl if there was one thing that you could count on if there was a prop like will tom brady throw more than 50 attempts absolutely he will (laughs) he was chucking the ball okay so i'm not gonna leave the there was nothing impressive about the stats there now the you know the interceptions good on you tom brady you know Uh bad on you the touchdowns like (laughs) uh, i'm not don't argue with me on the interceptions it looked like he's ready to argue I'm not disagreeing with that, although I will say that there was a talent discrepancy at wide receiver, but, you know, that could have played into it. But I'm not – you can't argue with me on the interceptions because I'm not arguing with you on it. That's not – I'm not yeah. arguing. <laughs> Let's go. No, no, we're, we're, we're on the – I mean, I can't even imagine what Dak would do with 300 more passes. How many more interceptions would have came out of that? Right? Well, I mean, it would have been like be... 40 touchdowns, so, I mean. Yeah, it would have been 40 touchdowns, but it would have been – Which is pretty impressive, which is pretty impressive considering the rate at which – the running backs went for touchdowns. So when you consider it that way, I mean, that was pretty impressive for Dak, considering that they literally run the offense through the ground. So, Okay, well, we got two more games here, and I got a question for you. <laughs> is a playoff game that everybody's watching, is that considered a primetime matchup? I mean, if it's the only game in that slot, is that a primetime matchup? 
Mm, or do you consider yeah. prime time after 6 p.m.? Because I, we've I got the Giants. This. We've got the Giants versus the Vikings in the wild card round. I don't know if I'm going to classify this as a primetime game. It's a big game, but the Vikings right now are three-point favorites. And this is one of those other games that I've heard lots of people argue one way or the other. We know that teams can take advantage of the Vikings' poor secondary. And as poor as these, these wide receivers are for the Giants, Richie James, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Jones has got them going at some point this year. Heck, Daniel Jones is just coming off a game that basically won people fantasy championships in week number 17. Two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He can duplicate that performance against the Vikings. But can the Giants, can they stop the Vikings offense this week? Can mm -hmm. they find a way to shut down Justin Jefferson like Jair Alexander did for the Packers just a couple weeks ago? I don't think so. I'm taking the Vikings here, and I think this is going to be one of those games. It's going to be not quite up there with the Chargers and the Jaguars as far as scoring is, but it's going to be probably another one of the higher scoring contests this week. Major, how are you looking at this game? This is my least favorite of all the games. I do not like either one. I don't like Cousins, and I don't like Daniel Jones. I'm going to go with – I like Saquon. <sighs> I can't choose the Giants. I just can't. I have to go to – I can't make myself, like, go with the Giants. I I just can't. It's the Giants. But, you know, growing up with Niner fans, you just learn to, like, hate the Cowboys and hate the Giants. Actually, you know, I went with the Cowboys. You know what? It's upside-down world. I'm going to go with the Giants on this one. Talk myself out of it and into it and back out of it again and back into it again. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I just gonna go because it seems like the NFL kind of likes Daniel Jones a little bit more than uh, Cousins. Maybe I don't hmm. know. Tara, do you think Vanilla Vic can pull it off for the Giants this week? Okay, I'm switching my pick. I'm switching <laughs> my pick right now because of that. No, don't. Um, no, I'm I'm picking Minnesota, but my heart's with Daniel Jones. You know that, obviously. That's my that's my boy right there Ugh. um i don't think they'll pull it out but um but it would be wonderful to see so thinking that minnesota is going to win cheering for daniel jones and saquon and brian dable like that's a uh, why not cheer for that squad why not we've got a fantastic first year head coach that has literally drugged this team from the trenches okay they drug the team from the trenches with the exact same roster what's different this is the same roster but worse but worse so, so just because of like the receiving is like literally somehow like downgraded even worse because of the injuries. So yeah, like, come on, how can you not cheer for the giants in this scenario? You've got Daniel Jones, who has literally play, played his way back into New York. He was gone. He was, he was literally, now they're going to franchise tag him. So, or possibly extend him. So yay, um, like uh, cheer for the giants. Come on now. This we, is, this is a great situation. You've got the Saquon comeback. He's back in form. Yeah. He's going to get his, like he's hit the market. This is like, this is fantastic. They're throwing to nobody. Darius Slayton literally with playing on the league minimum was told, Hey, we're going to cut you. Like, no, 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 please. Just I'll take the league minimum. Just keep me on the team. And it's pulled through as the team's wide receiver one. Come on now. Cheer for the giants. So you passionate play for them. You say all that, and you choose the Vikings. <laughs> I'm real, but I'm I'm realistic. My heart, my heart's with them. Come on, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you sound like you the president of the team, and then you was like, "But I'm going with the other team." Well, I already I already inked it. Possibly, um, 
mm-hmm. I was picking mm-hmm. Minnesota. So I don't know if I can go back and change that. But you know, you're right. I should like, if my heart's truly with the Giants, I should pick. But like logically, I wouldn't. Like, would I put? Would I put money on it? No. And would I put money? Points. Would I? Would I put money on that money line? I would not. But my heart is with the Giants. Okay. Well, Terrace hearts all the Giants. Her wallet is on the Vikings. And you know what? There is a path for this Giants team to win. Daniel Jones, 1.1% interception rate. I mean, he was turning the ball over like 0.5 per game type thing, which was as low as anyone in the league, not named Jalen Hurts. I think they were number one tied for the least turnovers there. So how do you win the playoffs? Not turning the ball over. Daniel Jones has not turned the ball over. The problem I have with this is if Vegas views this as a three-point game, right, minus three, however you want to look at it, the Vikings are 11-0 and in one-possession games this year. So if this is a one-possession game, the Vikings are going to win. The only way the Vikings don't win is if the Giants blow them out. I mean, that's basically how it's kind of gone all season. I think the Vikings had, like, I can't remember what the record was last year, but the points four was actually, points four versus points against was actually better last year than it is this year, and they're the three seed. So Putting into that, if this is a one-possession game, I'm taking the Vikings. I think Vegas has this as a one-possession game, so that's kind of where I'm leaning there. Now, Major, I know which way you're leaning here for the Seahawks versus the 49ers because you are a homer through and through. So just tell us why the 49ers are going to beat the Seahawks. It's not as easy decision as you think because, like, Geno's my guy, man. I love that story out there. But – Again, when I spoke earlier about, you know, the NFL and the entertainment value of it, Brock Purdy is about to be a star. Like, he's going to make a name for himself in his playoffs. Uh, He may end up playing himself into being the starting quarterback for the 49ers moving forward. Crazy, right? But, you know, they love those Cinderella stories. They love the Rudy stories. And this is probably that story, the undrafted, or was it late draft pick or whatever he Mr. was? Mr. Irrelevant, the last selection. That makes the story even better. Like, would you go watch that movie, Mr. Irrelevant comes and wins a championship for a team that lost two quarterbacks and no one knew what was going on? It was all hectic. And then you win a championship. I'll watch that movie every single time. The 49ers is going to win this thing. Have you watched the Kurt Warner movie yet? <sighs> I tried. It was it was hard to watch. Yeah, there that, you go. That was hard to watch. But Kurt Warner, he was just eh. Brock Purdy's a little more cooler. Than, he was a big man. He's still corny though. Brock Purdy's a little more uh, modern, I guess you should say. All right, I'll let it slide. Tara, Niners, Seahawks, what do you got? Choose right. I too love Gino and the story, but I, it's it's the 49ers. Um, if there's if there's one thing that you can depend on, now granted, it's you know Pete Carroll is a fantastic coach. This is not an unrealistic thing, but you know it's. Kyle Shanahan, this is what he does. He wins first round of the playoffs. It's not that hard for him. So, uh, so yeah, um, this team is gelling. It's a fantastic system. Unfortunately, I think they're going to take it. It's really hard to argue with Vegas here at 10, 10 points. I can see this. I can see the Seahawks covering. And I can also see them getting blown out. I mean, it's, it's a tough one for me to say here because we've watched this 49ers team basically not lose a game with – Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo and all these other quarterbacks. Not all. When Skylar Thompson and Anthony Brown grow up, they want to be Brock Purdy, right? They want to be that third (laughs) string quarterback that's going to come in here and actually win a football game. Right. That has not happened for either one of those two here. But in the last 10 games, I mean, 
they've won like 10 straight games after they acquired Christian McCaffrey here. They're seven and one against the spread in the last eight games. The one game that we didn't cover was that game against the Raiders. Right. So as long as we don't see the 49ers defense struggle like it did against the Raiders, then I think this is going to be one of those games in which 49ers should have no issue whatsoever in this contest. That said, I think Kenneth Walker could be a sneaky X factor in this contest, not because of what he can do on the ground, but what we've seen the potential be in the past game. Remember back in like week five or six, Walker had like a huge receiving type game. He needs that game against the 49ers. We saw my band there, Josh Jacobs, absolutely take it to San Francisco there a little bit. We watched Devontae Adams take it to. So there's a way that the Seahawks team could get some offense going. But I think Kenneth Walker needs to be used in the passing game to get that accomplished. I'm t- I, too, am taking the 49ers in this contest. I don't really see how the Seahawks can actually win this game. I mean, it's tough to beat a team three times, right? I mean, that's right. kind of where we're at. One of the, one of those teams is the San Francisco 49ers, and they're playing the way they are. The only way I see this faltering is if Brock Purdy remembers that he is Mr. Irrelevant. If Brock <laughs> Purdy remembers that he is just a rookie. Not going to happen. That's the way that I can see him struggling. I don't see it going down that way. Dude's like he's like throwing two touchdowns every single game he plays. Right. When you got weapons, I mean, for like the third year in a row, San Francisco led the National Football League in yards after the catch. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel's coming back this week. Elijah Mitchell's coming back. He came back last week. He's going to play. Christian McCaffrey doesn't have – in fact, I don't even think Christian McCaffrey leads the 49ers this week in rushing yards. I think Elijah Mitchell leads the 49ers in rushing yards this week. I like it. So that's kind of my bold prediction for that game. So we've got that. So here you go. Quick breakdown. Chargers, Jags. I got the Chargers. Major and Tara, they got the Jags. We all got the Bills. We all got the Bengals. Cowboys and Bucks. Tara and Major on the Cowboys. I got the Bucks. Giants and the Vikings. Matt and Tara got the Vikings. Major has got the Giants, but who knows? I might switch here before the end of the night. And, of yeah, course, no. we're all in on the 49ers. Now, we're going to do a quick little rapid-fire draft here. Mate, snake style here. We are going to per- pick our playoff fantasy football team. It's not a one-and-done. This is what this is going to be our roster throughout the entire playoffs. Major, you get the first pick because your name's first on the show sheet. Where are you going? Who are you taking? I'm just going to be... I'm gonna just go out there. I'm gonna go quarterback. I'm gonna go Brock Purdy. Let's do that. Let's 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 get crazy. Ooh. Okay, that okay. We may have this may have been a bad idea putting the show sheet together. <laughs> go ahead and take Brock Purdy first. Tara, who do you got? You can Josh go Allen. anywhere, running back, wide receiver, wherever you want to go. I thought I had to go quarterbacks first. My bad. No. All right. It's all good. I still like oh, wait, wait, quick questions. <laughs> What are we doing about the, uh, the guys with the bye weeks? It's it's just. Hey, why do we get all the rules after yeah. I made my pick? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just points for the whole playoffs. Oh, oh wait, hold on, man, hold on. Joe Burrow. I'm going Joe Burrow there. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to keep going with this quarterback thing, and I'm going to predict that the Bills go to the Super Bowl, and that gives me like four it. games of Josh Allen. And because I am doubling up on here, I'm going to double tap that, and I'm going to hook that up with Stefan Diggs. Mm, got the Tara, back to you. 
Well, well then. Um, we're stacking, huh? Uh, go ahead and stack me with uh, Jamar Chase. I seen that was coming. As soon as I made my stack, I figured that was coming too. <laughs> Major, yeah. you, you got you two here. Stacking with, Debo, with stacking with Debo? Give me <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to do that type of stack there. Mm. And then give me Justin Jefferson. Ooh. You know what? I kind of regret not taking uh, McCaffrey there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Back to you, Tara. Mm. Mm. We're QB2, right? Uh, so it's super flex, right? It is a super flex, yeah. Tara, stop making so up the rules uh, after I pick, please. Mr. <laughs> That's just clarified. I'm going with Mr. Mahomes. Ooh, she's going to go with both uh, – both sides there, going with two quarterbacks on the same conference. Well, I'm going to keep up with the fire, the race here. So, Major, you basically got your selection of any quarterback you want because I'm going with Jalen Hurts, and I'm mm-hmm. going to follow that up with A.J. Brown. So I'm going to keep the stacks going on here and hope for an Eagles-Bills Super Bowl. Tara, back to you. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Mm. It's always bad because as soon as I make a pick, I'm like, oh, no, I want someone else. So. Exactly. Whenever you're Dang. ready. Whenever you're ready. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. Just give me give me a second. Um, okay, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going zero RB. <laughs> give me Travis Kelsey. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That, that's, that. where, that's where I was thinking there when I went A.J. Brown. I was thinking Travis Kelsey there because you're going to get yourself some good production on that position. Major for two. Give me, I'm going to go running back. Give me uh, Austin Eckler. I'll talk sh- crap about him all year. So let me uh, try to make amends. And then I'm going to go with, uh, give me T-Law. Let, give me T-Law at quarterback. Let's do that one. Man, we're going to absolutely, this isn't your SFB like 12 team you're picking here. You can take <laughs> good players at quarterback. Right. Tara, what do you got for us? <sighs> I want. <laughs> we should only choose one tight end. This is not enough to have two on each, you know. Fine, we'll go with one <laughs> tight end, major. There we go. There we go. Oh gosh, this is tough. Um, you know what? Give me Devonta Smith. Mm. Oh, she's coming for my Eagles here. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the wide receiver one of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, <laughs> don't don't quote me on that. I love AJ Brown. <laughs> Alcohol or something over there? You good? Yes. Okay. It's not good, but well, I'm good. Well, <laughs> on my double tap, I'm going to go Joe Mixon and I'm going to go George Kittle. Back to you, Tara. Give me Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Good call. Mm. All right, Major, what do you got? Dallas, you better win. <laughs> right. I got to look at who I'm trying to think who I think is going to go far in this thing here. Um, I think it's going to be the Bills and the Niners in a championship. So I don't even know. I need a tight end. Let me get a tight end. Let me see. I'm going to go with uh, what's your boy, uh, Ingram. Let's go with Ingram. And then oh, for my, we are so we are so kicking majors, but that's all I know about this. I don't know where I'm going to finish, but it's watch last. me, watch me win. It's going to be so funny. Uh, and then I'm going to take at receiver. Give me. You mean we're talking? We got we got a time delay. We're already over our show t- notes here. We're, we're always we're always over our show. Like what do you mean? Uh, give me. 
Actually, throw uh, Dalvin Cook in my flex. Dalvin Cook going to the flex. Wow, you got a lot of guys going to be out in the first round here. This is this is impressive. But they're going to have they're going to have big games. So I think they're going to points are going to carry over or something. I don't know. All right. Well, Tara, you're up now for one. Matt, I think I'm going to snipe you. Um, no, it could be Jarek McKinnon. Ooh, that's Ooh, not like a bad pick there. That was mm. definitely a, a strong mm. consideration there. But I, I do know that I. I do want to make sure I get some good, good scoring type players here. So I'm going to go to San Francisco and I'm going to put Brandon Ayuk into my, my (laughs) one position. And then I'm going to go flex and you can put it whatever you want. I'm going to go Debo into my other position. Both receivers. Oh, you are, you are. Dang, Purdy and better throw those touchdowns. <laughs> when you know the moment when you lost something, that's the moment when he realized he lost. Well, the I only way Brock Purdy is going to get points is if he hits 30. me up. I'm all in. It's going to be the Eagles and it's going to be the 49ers on oh, the so NFC side me. of things. I like it. And I'm, I'm setting yeah. up nicely. I see strategy there. Mm. All right. I don't want to dip into. The only one who's thinking strategy like right now to. is Tara. Let's be honest. All right, you know I'm what? Just, I'm just choosing you know players because I like their names. You know what? I'm not sure oh. I understand. Okay, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't think I understand either. I'm committed to Dallas winning, so let's go CD Lamb. Let's go. Winning winning what? <laughs> one game, right? I hope you're saying just like the first yes, round. One game, one game. Okay. So let's I'll, go CD Lamb. I was really about to game points to CD Lamb. <laughs> So I got two, two picks, picks here, two receivers here. I'm gonna go with, you know, somebody that always kind of like ball out when you least suspect it. Give me Gabe. Was <laughs> Gabe Davis? Was his name? Yeah. Give me Gabe. Give me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for him to ball out. You know, in the playoffs, he's gonna give you that game where he has like ten touchdowns in one game. So um, uh, I'm a, I'm hoping on that. And then my second pick, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. Man, you took Ayuk. That was a, that's where I was going. Uh, give me, uh, give me Christian Kirk. Wow, oh, I I really wish we would have put money on this one here. I'm I'm glad you're playing in the playoff pool too. I mean, if we're playing the playoff pool and you're picking players to be eliminated in the first round, you are nailing it, Tara. Last pick. Yeah, Look no, this is flex. a solid selection. If he was selecting like the first week, I mean, he's grabbing them all, and they're. But that's go not the rules. I thought it was like we're going to do this. That is week. the rule. No, 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 that no, not for this. No. Oh, okay. My bad. But if you, if it was the playoff role. <laughs> wait, we're doing this for wait, the whole the playoff. You literally, yes, this is the whole place. You literally selected Brock Purdy, who's on a bye with your first overall selection. I just like his name. <laughs> Tara, last pick here, your flex. Oh, I know I said Jacksonville is gonna win, but in in the event that they don't, Keenan Allen. Hmm. That's why I was going back and forth, like him or Kirk, him or Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to stick with, I'm hoping like heck that the NFC, either the 49ers, the Eagles make the Super Bowl. And I'm going to go with Miles Sanders as my RB2. So just a recap here. Major has Brock Purdy. He's got Trevor Lawrence, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. When you're running it back. Justin Jefferson, Gabriel Davis, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and Delvin Cook. Congratulations. He'll have three people advancing into the second round. You know what? Joke's on us when Jacksonville is in the Super Bowl. Exactly. That is true. 
Tara's got the quarterback position on lockdown there. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, zero RB strategy there. Tony Pollard there and Jet McKinnon. I like Wide it. receivers, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, C.D. Lamb. At tight end, the one and only Travis Kelsey. And at flex, Keenan Allen. Team Donnelly features Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders at running back. That's like four running backs right there, by the way. At wide receiver, they have Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle at tight end, and Debo Samuel at the flex position. We are going to keep track of this throughout the playoffs and give it all to you a little bit later and let you know who won this whole thing. I'll give you a hint. Not major. With that all being said, <laughs> this has been another episode of the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. And until next week, we'll catch you later. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. And head to fantasypoints.com. You get 30% off that subscription today. See you later.